Hello and welcome to 9 to 5 Fitness, a podcast about how to incorporate a healthy lifestyle into a 9 to 5 work week. Presented by Sunny Health and Fitness, and this episode is brought to you by the Sunny Health and Fitness Sit-Up Bar. I am your host, resident fitness expert, Matt. And I'm Chris, your everyday 9-to-5-er. So, today, we're going to be talking about fitness myths. Again. We did this once before. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which ones we covered. I think we did, uh, oh, we did spot reducing. Spot reduction was a big one. Yeah, so we we shot that one down. Yeah. Uh, we did, I know we did the lemon water one because that was one that I brought in. Yeah, we threw that one out real quick. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. Anyway, there's so many fitness myths out there. It'll like pop into our heads when we yeah. least expect it. So it's, you know, and, and the reason why we cover fitness myths is because we want to make sure that we're presenting information that um, is actually proven to work. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, there's a lot of information that seems to be great and seems to be like a magic pill or a, you know, a super way to achieve what you know you've always wanted easily and quickly. Fitness hack. Uh, yeah, fitness <laughs> hacks. You know. so, this is where this is where I got most of our our myths for today. Is I typed in uh, fitness hacks on Pinterest because uh, that's one of the things I do here. Aside from being the media artist, I help manage the Pinterest and the YouTube accounts. And oh, even there, there's some, there's some fun stuff on YouTube as well that make me go yeesh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I believe one of the biggest ones that I came across was your body type. That uh, depending on the body type will determine how to lose weight or if you're on this type of body type, you're never gonna lose weight. You know all these wonderful things that you see on uh, on on Pinterest that make you go, oh. Body types. When I think about body types, the first thing that comes to me is the uh, fruit comparison. <laughs> Pear shape, apple shape. Pear shape, apple shape. Couch potato. Or you oh, sorry. Just, <laughs> or you can just go into like actual shapes, which is like circle, or square, circle. or rectangle. Mm. Triangle, upside down triangle. Hourglass. Hourglass. Yeah. All those Throw the shapes stuffs. in there. So uh, to be more specific, um, a uh, I'm trying to remember his name, but there was a gentleman who studied uh, body types. Uh, I think it's been at least 60, 70 years ago, and he was actually the one that came up with the body types um, that. Uh, that I think you're referencing when you did your little uh, search on uh, <laughs> fitness hacks. So, uh, hey, 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 you can't blame a girl for trying here, okay? <laughs> oh, no, no. It, I, always, I always ask people to make sure that they look into what is out there, but then also research dis- it. dissect it mm-hmm. and actually figure out what people are saying about it and not just taking it, taking people for their word. So. Um, but yeah, body types specifically, um, what was observed uh, back when this gentleman first um, studied it was he was he was just observing the way people looked, and he gave them uh, three specific names. So those names are ectomorphs, 
endomorphs and mesomorphs, and those are basically, um, if you think about it in terms of imagery, an ectomorph would be somebody who's tall and skinny, long and lean, um, you know, like a basketball player or My brother. a fashion model. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's yeah. tall and lean, very lean. Um, oh, and they're individuals that have been that way since you can remember, right? And they haven't really done anything to try to maintain it. It's just that's the way they naturally look, yeah. um, long and neat, long and lean. So those are ectomorphs, um, little body fat, but they might not necessarily have the most uh, muscle mass. So even though that they're lean, they could be lacking in, you know, they might not look very muscular. They have also, or it's also been been uh, indicated that these individuals might have a hard time gaining weight. Yeah. So if you've ran into individuals that say, oh, I can't gain weight, well, maybe they're kind of have that more of an ectomorph shape. A endomorph uh, is somebody that has lots of body fat, uh, lots of muscle, can gain weight easily. And if you needed a visual representation of what an endomorph would look like, think of an American football player Lineman, you know, mm. big, beefy, you know, 200, 300 plus pounds. That would also count for the curvy gals, round, too. Round square. Yeah, I mean, it can go for yeah. anybody. Yeah. So it's not it's not gender specific. So, let's see. Body fat, lots of muscle. Yeah, heavier, round. Yeah. Yeah, they can gain weight easily. Um, mesomorphs, those are going to be more of your athletic build, so not necessarily real tall and skinny and lean, uh, but not necessarily, you know, round and stocky. They have kind of more of an athletic look, more muscular, um, solid, strong. You know, they, ha- they don't have a tendency to be too overweight. They don't have a tendency to be underweight, um, and they have the ability to both gain and lose weight pretty easily. So based off of those three things, um, it was observed that most individuals could fall into these three categories, um, which is why the whole ecto, endo, and mesomorph strategies kind of evolved because you can look at these three shapes and be like, oh, am I tall and lean? Am I short and stocky and round? Or am I more athletic? You know, it's pretty easy for you to kind of say, oh, I'm more of an ectomorph or oh, I'm more of a mesomorph. It comes down to putting us in boxes though, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's kind of that was kind of the one main knock on this is it's really just an observational categorization. So it's not really any more than superficial. Which so is, they don't do they have any uh, how do you say um, influence over how we work out? Or so uh, hy- hypothetically, if you say you looked at somebody and they had a more athletic build, right, mm-hmm. and then you observed them over a long period of time and you're like, wow, they were able to build a lot of muscle or they were able to lose you know, a lot of body fat pretty easily. Okay, well, that might affect how much time you spend working on specific programs to either gain or lose weight, where if somebody's a little shorter and stockier and has a tendency to look or be a little more round, carry a little bit more body fat, maybe you would assume that that individual would want to work more on weight loss programs, right? Or if somebody is really tall and skinny, maybe you are saying, okay, well, that individual needs to work on gaining muscle and strength. Okay. Um, But that's, of course, obviously based off of just an observation, right? Right. If you're tall and skinny, that doesn't necessarily mean you want to gain a bunch of weight and then gain a bunch of muscle. That's true. There's some people out there who just 
want to be comfortable. In yeah, or if you're, you know, uh, stocky and and uh, you carry a little bit more fat, but you're healthy, maybe you're not really concerned about becoming really lean. Yeah. You just want to be healthy and strong. Or if you have more of an athletic build, maybe your goal isn't really to be a superhuman. It's just to enjoy, you know, what you're doing and feel comfortable and confident in whatever activities you're doing. So um, that's the main issue with the uh, identification of being an ectomorph, endomorph, or mesomorph is it's really just observational. Um, there's really not a lot to support, um, you know, the training aspects of becoming one or the other. Um, so you can't just, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming on that. Sorry, I was just kind of remembering what the articles were saying and everyone had kind of different opinions on it. Yeah, so, and, and the, other, the other part of it is there's so many other factors that influence how your body is developed and shaped. So it's not just as simple as saying, oh, you were genetically born this way, so therefore you can only train like this. Yep. Because there's plenty of individuals who may have been considered, um, you know, endomorphs are larger, but then they can lose a lot of weight and become lean and strong. So there's obviously a way that certain people can adjust um, their metabolism. They can adjust their programs and still have success and still reach the goals that they want to be, regardless of how they're categorized. Okay. Um, so it's really not something, I mean, it's something you can observe, but I wouldn't use it as, you know, it's hey, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm an ectomorph, so therefore I can only do ectomorph type training programs. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know. I'll yeah. get that out there for people. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, I, I still out. I and I when I was looking when I was looking into this a little bit more, I had forgotten how long these terms have been around. They've been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really like trendy right now. I mean, well, no, some, I remember hearing them when I was in high school. Yeah. So some people might not be familiar with it, but these terms have been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and they still are being used. So just be careful when people are promoting specific programs, you know, because you match a specific visual orientation of what, you know, this person says you look like. So now you can only do these types of training programs. Um, it should always fit your goal and what you're trying to accomplish as well. The other point that we want to make up about um, these uh, three types of body types is that um, you're not just one. You might be a, a variation of more than one. So you could have traits of, of different ones. So like I said before, if you're somebody that was really tall, but then you gained a lot of weight and then you appeared to be an endomorph, well, what if you lost a bunch of weight and now you're tall and skinny? Hmm. Okay, well, now you're an ectomorph. So Whoops. Certain, people, <laughs> certain, people, certain people might be able to shift through depending on what their lifestyle choices have been. Shapeshifters. Um, <laughs> so it's not as concrete as just saying, oh, I'm one or the other. Um, the other part of this is physical performance has nothing to do with your body type. Um, individuals who are long and lean can perform just as well as somebody who's short and stocky or who's somebody who appears to be athletic, right? You could have somebody that looks like a superhuman, but somebody who's really tall and lean could physically outperform you. Yeah. It yeah. happens. I have seen this. Yeah. The, the benefits of working at a fitness company. I have seen this happen. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the, the, the link between, the other big thing is the link between body type and metabolism. There's really no correlation there. Um, and that's just because there's a lot of other indicators, a lot of other influences on how your metabolism functions. Um, it's not just the way you look. Okay. So that doesn't mean that if you're really large, uh, that you could have a really, really fast 
metabolism or you have a really, really slow metabolism or that doesn't mean if you're really, really skinny, that means you have really fast metabolism. There's no correlation there. Good to know. Uh, let's go on to the next one. The next one, okay, I will admit this is something I do. Something I have been doing and a little bit of it is vanity. Uh, body shaping devices. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Are they, are they effective in uh, weight loss? <laughs> okay. So I think we have to establish, um, so we'll answer your question for sure. Um, but I think we have to kind of go back and say, okay, well, wh what are the main reasons why individuals would buy or consider getting body shaping devices or what some may call shapewear or waist trainers, like what's the main driving purpose behind purchasing those? So you mentioned vanity, right? For me, I, I don't like seeing my rolls, you know, peeking through my dresses and shirts. And <laughs> it doesn't exactly feel comfortable all the time, um, but it does smooth things out. So um, when we're talking about shapewear and waist trainers and body shaping devices, um, we have to separate uh, the, the two functions or the two perceived, perceived functions. So like you mentioned, Christina, uh, appearance, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously if you wear something and it's slimming and it smooths out a certain area when you wear your clothes, then it can create the appearance that there's inches that have been lost or there's weight that has been lost or your body has changed, right? Yeah, so it's an appearance yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's an appearance thing. Um, but if those devices are claiming that you can actually reduce the amount of weight or reduce the amount of fat just by wearing them, that's where we have to dive in and say, okay, uh, how is that actually working? So have you, have you seen or come across products or items that you wear that are saying, hey, not only can you change your appearance by wearing them, but also helps you lose weight, helps you reduce body fat. I personally have not worn any body shaping devices. That so, would be an interesting thing to see so, there, Matt. Uh, <laughs> if I was gonna shop for one, I'm not really sure what I'd be looking for, but the only thing I can relate it to personally is uh, compression wear, but that's more for yeah. a, that's more for a uh, performance aspect rather than a aesthetic. That makes sense. I think, I think that's where we have to kind of figure out, okay, well, you know, in terms of the visual function of wearing shapewear, Yes, of course, it can it can change your appearance, and we have examples of extreme cases of changing extreme your... Extreme corsetting. <laughs> yeah, uh, a bit of advice, don't do that. Please don't do that. So, uh, yeah, there's extreme cases of, uh, of wearing shapewear, which... Um, and I say this as a person who does like to wear corsets. I think they're beautiful, they're gorgeous. I mean, they're a little hard to breathe in, but they, they, they serve their purpose in a fashion sense. Um, but, you know, if you're gonna get all, you know, pin up with that tight corset to the point where your waist becomes, what, 26 inches? <gasps> don't Ooh. do that, don't do that. Ooh. Or 19, somebody has gone down to 19. I think I saw a picture of that. Yeah, it was, Ow. it was interesting. I think you have a to remove of, a rib. A lot of internal movement going on there. Yuck, <laughs> I'm sorry, personal uh. opinion. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> so uh, I do know that there have been claims to where if you wear these types of products that it can help with weight loss, it can help with losing They talk about fat. fat distribution. like Yeah, um, kind of shifting around the fat, making it, it move here, move there. 
Um, which it might do that when you're wearing it, but once you're not wearing it, then it's just going to go back to where it normally was. Um, and this kind of is along the same lines of spot reduction. You know, if you wear some of them, you know, some of them, if you wear these and they say, oh, you can, you know, sweat it out or something Ooh. like that. Like you're, you're gonna, you're not losing fat, right? You're, That's you're body losing water. Um, so you're, you may lose some water weight, but you're not necessarily doing anything to the fat cells, but by compressing them or uh, creating an environment where there's more heat in that general area. So what do you think would be the benefit of them if it is not for weight loss? Because, you know, obviously, and if it's just aesthetic, but is there, would you consider there to be any other benefits? I mean, the, the, I mean, it does change your appearance, right? Yeah. So if your, if your goal is to shift your appearance, then yeah, of course, it then works. Then you did the thing. Yeah, it works. Um, as long as you're happy with the way it ch changes your appearance and you're mm -hmm. happy with not wearing it and your appearance going back to what it was before. Oh, you mean like today when <laughs> I didn't decide to wear it and I'm watching this roll just peek out going, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave that alone <laughs> as I pat my tummy. <laughs> so uh, it's funny because fat tissue is very interesting. You can manipulate it slightly, but it's going to eventually go back to its normal form. So oh, okay. if there was enough pressure, if it was tight enough to where, you know, you wore it and then for a a period of time you're like wow i changed my you know waist shape okay yeah well it, it just keeps me from eating a lot probably because did. i can't so the, <laughs> the, the <space>. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's a supporting structure sure if so if it's not necessarily a aesthetic or uh you know something you're wearing to try to lose weight if it's a sub supporting uh, device that's different because you can wear certain uh waist supporting items that mm -hmm. do have a purpose um, whether or not you have weak core musculature or you have back issues, you can add those uh, devices to help support your, but that's more for a supporting function. That makes sense. Um, the the issue with wearing some of these devices, like you stated before, uh, Christina, with the extreme corseting is, uh, and it sounds like you've experienced some of these before with difficulty breathing. It restricts your movement sometimes, uh, which could lead to some unusual pains in that area. Um, but the more supportive you make uh, those devices, the less your body's gonna rely on your actual actual muscles to help support your structure. So if you're always wearing you know, something around your waist that's really tight, then that's gonna tell your body, hey, we don't need our core muscles to Yikes. work anymore. So you're and gonna that just kind of reverses the whole process there, doesn't it? So you're gonna have to end up wearing wearing it all the time because your core muscles have gotten a lot weaker. So um, in extreme cases, there have been no, there have been cases where there's been rib damage, like I said before, difficulty breathing, restricted your movement, which can lead to uh, musculoskeletal issues as well, um, and just kind of becoming weak in that area. So the takeaway: moderation. Well, takeaway is if you're <laughs> if you're looking to change your appearance, yeah, they, okay. that's what they do. Aesthetic, yeah, but, but if, not. But they're not going to make you weight. They're not going to make you lose weight. Okay. And if you're looking to lose some inches, well, yeah, while you're wearing it, you'll lose some inches, and but it'll you, come back when, when you, you take, take it, off. it off. It might hang. It might stay there a little while, but eventually your body's going to go back to normal. All right. Well, this is coming us. Got one more to the down. The yeah, last one. one this more. one is probably going to bum out a lot of people. <laughs> Detoxing. I, I can cover this one pretty quickly because we can go really in depth to it, and maybe we want to expand on it in another episode. But in terms oh, yeah. of, in terms of covering it on the fitness myths episode, detox, detoxing. Yeah, does de it work? Detoxing. So people, you know, generally want to know. Okay, I found this new detox diet. 
you know, is it is it actually going to work? Well, I'll be I'll tell those people you're you're asking the wrong question. Uh, you're you're asking whether or not this diet will help you detox. When what you should be saying is, is my body working properly to detox itself? Yeah, so, that's the way it goes. So that's kind of the way you have to think about it. Not, hey, there's this new way to eat um, that's going to detox my body. It's, is my body working properly to get rid of the toxins that are in it? Um, so your body does that a few specific ways. Um, it has a whole system of, of organs that kind of help you filter out um, toxins like your liver and your kidneys. Um, so that's really the main point is there hasn't been any evidence to suggest that these diets specifically improve your body's ability to detox itself. That doesn't mean that there aren't things that you can eat that will help you. Um, there are certain foods that do have properties that will help with your body's detoxification process but it's not that, hey, you need to follow this detox diet in order to detox yourself. So there just hasn't been any enough evidence to claim that these specific diets are the you know, best way to eliminate um, toxins or you know, anything that's causing you problems. So basically what we need is are, sorry, sorry I, gotta, I gotta work on my grammar there. So basically what we need are more studies on this topic yeah to if, if, sure. if if you have a specific you know cleansing diet and they've, they've done some studies on them and and so far there hasn't been enough evidence to show that any of these particular diets whether it's like a juice cleanse or you know apple cider vinegar whatever cleanse or i drink it, this tea that makes my body kind of flush things out and that does not feel good yeah so nope. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a complete detoxification process like, no there's no something that's else just making well. you go hey we're empty. <laughs> so, TMI, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are a few pretty uh, in-depth articles that I've, I found um, when researching whether or not um, detox diets are actually doing what they say they're going to do. So um, if you want the links to those articles, you want to find out more information about why there just hasn't been enough evidence to prove that these diets work, uh, you can check those out. If you do want to improve your body's ability to detoxify itself, there are some things you can start doing, and these have been proven um, through research. So one of those things you can do is start limiting your alcohol intake because um, that can stress your liver. And if it's having a hard time detoxif detoxifying yourself from alcohol, it's not going to be able to function as well there's some uh, office people that are not going to be happy about that <laughs> notice i didn't say eliminate alcohol just you said if you, if you <laughs> have a tendency to consume more than you should uh, which could be a whole complete other topic but um, yeah. limiting alcohol helps uh, getting quality sleep helps drinking mm. more water helps and we did a whole hydration episode we so did. if you want to look at how much water you should be drinking check that out um, reducing sugar intake reducing processed food and then, like I said before, not necessarily the diets themselves that help you detox, but certain food items that can help you detox. And more specifically, we're talking about foods that contain antioxidants. Um, so any food that contains uh, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, for example, can help boost your body's own detoxification process. So just to go real quick through the whole thing, body types, Ecto, meso, endomorphs, don't really use that as your don't main focus, it. right? Stick to what your goal is and what you need to do to accomplish it for health and performance standpoints. 
Um, if somebody's trying to target a specific program to you just by the way you look, that's not going to be the most effective way Walk to do away. it. Walk away. Walk uh, away. Body shaping devices. <laughs> yeah, they'll change your shape, but that's about it. Temporarily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the detox diets, um, as of right now, not enough evidence to conclude that they do what they promise. Um, so you should work on maintaining healthy diet full of fruits and vegetables that contain vitamins that can help your body detox properly. So eat healthy, don't starve yourself. Yeah, definitely don't starve yourself. <laughs> definitely eat healthy. Okay, that works. Uh, should we start with the wrap up? Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Okay. This episode is sponsored by the Sunny Health and Fitness number 41 sit-up bar. Improve your core strength when you mount this bar to your door and perform a variety of different abdominal exercises. We want to thank you for joining us here at 9to5Fitness, and we hope you enjoyed the show and learned something useful to help you on your journey to a healthy lifestyle. If you want to learn more about this topic or other useful fitness tips, you can check out our show notes or visit us at sunnyhealthfitness.com. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest, where you'll get real information. Oh, I did not just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Come back next time when we discuss... Fat. Fat? <gasps> you said the bad word. We're going to talk about fat. Fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My daughter would say that you are saying very bad words today. And fat talk. Fat talk. Yeah. <laughs>